Welcome to Life Words Day by Day. Charles Swindoll tells about the time that the devil was going to put his tools up for sale. And on the day of the sale, the tools were placed for public inspection, each being marked with its sale price. And there were lots of implements. Hatred, envy, jealousy, doubt, lying, pride, and so on. But laid apart from the rest of the pile was this harmless-looking tool that was well-worn and priced very high. The name of the tool, asked one of the purchasers. Oh, said the adversary, that's discouragement. Well, why have you priced it so high? Well, because it's more useful to me than the others. I can pry open and get inside a person's heart with that one tool when I cannot get near him with the other tools. And once I get inside, I can make him do what I choose. It's a well-worn tool because I use it on almost everyone since few people know it belongs to me. The devil's price for discouragement was so high that he never sold it, and it's still a major tool, and he still uses it on God's people today. Would you do something for me? Would you think about the circumstance, the event that is bringing or has the potential to bring you the most discouragement right now? It might be a relationship that's unstable, a medical condition, a work scenario. You may have been let down by someone. You may be upset with yourself. It may be something that happened years ago, yet it still discourages you today. I want you to bring that in your mind. Get it in there, and then let's think about it as we walk through our study for today. We've been studying the book of Acts and where we are learning how Jesus' disciples put into action the command to go and make disciples of all nations. And one particular disciple has been called out as a missionary to the Gentile people, and we're going to finish up his first missionary trip this morning. What all has Paul encountered in his first missionary trip? Well, he's battled with a wizard. He's been sick in Perga. He lost a traveling companion. He had to travel one of the most treacherous paths up a mountainside to Antioch, Pisidia, facing weather and outlaws and robbers and bandits, all while he was sick. He faced persecution from the brothers in Antioch, Pisidia, so much so that he and Barnabas shook the dust off of their feet, symbolically saying, we're no longer responsible for you. He walked into Iconium, preached, and then learned of a plot to harm him. He walked to a small town of Lystra, was worshipped as a god. Jews came from Antioch, Pisidia, and Iconium and gathered up a lynch mob and stoned Paul until they thought he was dead. And then they come back to their sending church, back to their church family to give a report. They're going to do a PowerPoint. They're going to let them know about their trip. And what does the text say? Acts chapter 14, verse 27. And when they arrived and gathered the church together... They declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. So Paul and Barnabas get back to their home church. Home sweet home, familiar faces and surroundings, their comfy beds, home-cooked meals of all their favorites. And they gather the church family so they can tell them all that's taken place. And, and let's look at that again. What does the text say? They declared all that God had done with them. Remember, it was God's grace and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. I read chapters 13 and 14 and wonder how the report would have gone if it had been me. What would I have been saying about the trip? If I had made it past Mark bailing out on us, 
I think most of us might have just returned back home at Pergam. We would have said, nope, we can't go any further. I'm sick. I need a different climate. I might as well go back home. After all, Mark has left us, and if the past encounter is any indication of what lies ahead, I think the Lord is telling us to turn around. But something that is often overlooked in chapters 13 and 14, and we've talked about this previously, is the person of Barnabas. You remember Barnabas. We ran into him way back in Acts chapter 4 when he sold some of his property to give to the church. His name means the son of encouragement, and that's exactly what we see him doing. In Acts chapter 9, when the former church hater turned Jesus soldier, Paul, comes into Jerusalem, the whole church was fearful of him and questioned whether or not he was a true disciple. And we see Barnabas step up, put his arm around Paul, and show the others that Paul was truly a follower of Christ. In Acts chapter 11, we read that Barnabas is the one sent to Antioch by the apostles in Jerusalem to verify the reports coming in of a great awakening among the Jews and Gentiles. And what does Barnabas do? He goes and gets Paul, thinking that this is a great opportunity for Paul to help him teach and preach. And then we see in Acts 13, where the Holy Spirit sets aside Barnabas and Paul for a certain work. And through the entirety of this first trip, we see these two brothers side by side. I don't think it's any accident we see two men going on this trip together. Jesus sent disciples out two by two. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has, has not another to lift him up. I think there is not only a physical reason to have a good partner, but a spiritual reason as well. So listen to me. The reason we see many people drift away from the church is because of this very truth. Two are better than one. And many times, people, young in the faith, run up against a discouraging situation and they do not know what to make of it other than it must mean that they should stop or that no one cares or that God is upset with them or they just don't know what to do and there is no mature Christian there to encourage them forward. So can you imagine making the travels that Paul made by yourself? Can you imagine facing a village magician by yourself or facing sickness by yourself, traversing the snow-capped mountain ranges, taking on the synagogue, being run out of town, being stoned by yourself? It's not supposed to be that way. The Lord has given us one another so that when we face discouraging situations, we might encourage one another. Someone once told me that to encourage someone means that you put courage in them. You point them to the courage that is found in Christ. I can see that very thing happening with Barnabas and Paul. Perhaps Paul asked what they should do about Mark or about being mocked or about being contradicted by the Jews. And then Barnabas, there by his size, says, what do you mean what are we going to do? We're going to tell them about Jesus again and again. We all need these people in our lives and we all need to be these people for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And when we do that, we can declare all that God has done with us and how he opened up doors of faith for others. When you pray today, pray for Sean and Jenny and their children, Zeke, Gabe, and Ash, our missionaries in Papua New Guinea. And also pray for the Kannada broadcast in the target area of India. Thank you.